GM, everybody, special announcement here. We have a new decent Telegram group where all the actual alpha is. You can uh, learn how to mog, how to enjoy the on-chain summer with us. And uh, here's here's some thoughts from Matt and myself. So see you there. Welcome to the Decent Crypto Podcast. Today is August 11th, and we have new apps to gamble on, Matt. What a special day. (laughs) It's not every day you get handed something new to gamble on, um, and it's honestly what we live for today in crypto. Um, We are... uh, we're, we, there, there's kind of a saying lately, which is that uh, GambleFi is the new GameFi, um, and I really like that. Um, GameFi was always a sham. Now we have true utility in the crypto markets. Uh, is this the first time you bridged to base? Yeah, this is this is the first time I've bridged to base, and wow. I've got to say, um, it's lovely. It's really nice. Um, like it's so fast because it all just runs on like one server, right? So it's, it's, it's yeah, really, exactly. really efficient. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, exactly. There are no fraud proofs, right? We need to mention that one more time. Uh, yeah. Everything is open. Um, and also, yeah, everything is running on Brian's smartphone. So, uh, you know, you don't really need to, to worry about too much decentralization or, or speed, lack of speed. Um, all right. Should we tell the people what we're even talking about here? Yes. Uh, all right, listeners, you, you must know by now there's a new app on the chain. It's called friend.tech, F-R-I-E-N-D.tech. Um, and it's, a it's the latest, greatest version of a, of a decentralized social app. So, you know, we did our deep dive on Lens, uh, predating Lens, we had BitClout, which is now known as Deso, which is, I think, just like a, a long rug. Um, and uh, it's it's well on its road to zero. Um, and now we have a new one. Uh, and this new one is actually really fun, right? Um, you can gamble so, on people's Twitter profiles, on the value of <laughs> a Twitter profile, on the value of a share of a person's Twitter profile. I'm currently trading... Yes. Like six bucks last I checked. I'm very, very happy with that. Uh, wow, I not bad. Seven, seven holders. Uh, so FDV is like $42 right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty. I didn't, know, I didn't know you were on this thing. I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy one of your shares for sure. Oh, dude. Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I used one of your, oh yeah, I used one of your invite codes, dude. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk let's talk a little bit about what what the fuck this thing is. Um, So, um, well, first of all, this thing is on base, the Coinbase chain, uh, built on the OP stack. To get over there, you have to bridge assets over to base. You have to bridge ETH over to base. Send it to this friend.tech app, and. Then you're off to the races. So, yeah, Matt, what exactly is this thing? Okay, so here's roughly the the idea. So um, when you register with friend.tech, um, it creates a new wallet for you. Uh, and everybody just kind of is cool with that. 
So they hold the private keys, they give you a copy if you want them, um, and it creates like a brand new address, right? Um, and that address is the address associated with your, with your friend.tech profile. So you link the address with your Twitter handle um, using like Twitter's like sign in with Twitter feature, um, and then you're good to go. Yeah. So what you can do is buy and sell shares of other people's profiles. Um, and so if I go on to, I think you're, what are you, Karen Korea underscore? Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and I buy a share, right? Um, it'll quote me a price. So the first thing that you do when you, when you log in or when you register is you buy the first share of yourself. That first share is free. But from there, it uses kind of like an, a nonlinear pricing function, very similar to Uniswap. Um, and each incremental share costs a little bit more. Um, and it's the same thing when you sell shares, each incremental share that you sell reduces the price by a little bit. So um, it's it's like exactly the same as a uni v2 pool for shitcoin trading. Yes. Basically what it does is behind the scenes, it kind of creates a shitcoin for every single user that registers, right? Um, and so now we have, you know, we've had this kind of like shitcoin meta going for a while uh, with like Pepe and stuff. Um, but now basically what it does is by default, it creates a new pool of shitcoins for everyone that joins. Um, that, that's sort of the idea. Uh, yeah. And much, and it, it, does, it does sort of give you like a little bit of utility, allegedly, right? So Which, there's a messaging function. Yeah. Um, and you can, if you buy someone's share, it gives you the right to message them. Uh, and I think to message them in a group chat with everybody else that holds one of their shares, but the messaging function doesn't really work. Um, so let's, let's take a step back. None Nothing. of this app really works. Yes. It is like Literally the shittiest nuts. app ever. Yeah. It, it like it, it fully wasn't working yesterday. And then they tweeted like a bunch of times, like, oh my God, sorry. Like, honestly, we didn't realize that there were this many people still left in crypto. So we, we got kind of a small server. Yeah, that was uh, my favorite part. It made me very bullish on these guys. They were like, guys, we genuinely did not know there's this many people still left in the industry. <laughs> yeah, like we didn't realize people were still left in crypto. Very sorry. Like we need to, um, wait, we need to provision a new server. Uh, that was like 20 hours ago. Okay. Uh, it still sucks. It's still shitty. Like it's still barely, barely functional. Um, and so I can't even tell you yeah. whether the messaging function is a group chat or whether it's like a one-to-one -one chat. I'm pretty sure it's one-to-one -one, or I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure it's group because I've seen a message or two come through. Um, but that's about mm -hmm. it. Uh, so, so like backing up here, what does this thing actually do? The one feature that kind of works reliably is the buying and selling of shares. Right. Um, so because well, you can do that on chain, uh, so, you don't have to actually, you don't have to uh, interact do with the app. Yeah. So th this was, this was the alpha yesterday was, um, I kind of saw this going around Twitter and somebody was talking about how like Kobe was flipping someone, uh, racer and, uh, and you know, then I started looking deeper into the rabbit hole and someone else is tweeting, like, do not fucking sell my shares. I swear, like I will end you. Um, uh, and then yeah. someone else is tweeting like 
my shares are not financial advice, right? Um, and uh, and so I was like, wow, this actually looks like a lot of fun. We're just speculating on people. Um, yeah, that's cool. Okay, um, wait. So here is the big difference between this and BitClout. Is like in BitClout, I think if people were buying your shares, you could just cash out the whole thing. Like there were people getting like fifty ETH, hundred ETH uh even more and just rugging their profile or whatever and uh you could do it without asking their permission um like you could just create a bit cloud for somebody else i think or it would just create one on your behalf without asking you and uh, people would just take their payout and run here i think what it does is it only gives you like five percent uh of all of the the total market cap um and then five percent i think goes back no, to it's, the five percent of volumes oh interesting um well is yeah, that the same it, thing it in this works, case it because, works like an nft yeah yeah so it's like i don't know in this case it's kind of the same so you thing don't, right you don't like get to you're... collect five percent uh well yeah i mean i guess no it's much better actually it's better than getting five percent of the market cap right because if there's volume going up and down you capture five percent of every buy or sell of your token so if you're trading okay. at like a hundred million market cap and then someone buys, you get 5% of that. And then someone sells, you get 5% of that. Even though your market cap has changed the same, has stayed the same, uh, you, you still got a little bit of money. Um, yeah. so, so how does the, it's arguably how, much better. So how does the distribution of shares work though? Cause like on the initial setup, right? Like I made my account and then immediately some like snipers started buying my profile and it went from like two bucks to like three bucks to four bucks to five bucks to like it went to 10 bucks at one point and then a couple people sold. Um, so like, how does that work exactly? Is it like new buyers come in and mint new shares of my profile? And then some people are buying on the secondary or like, how how is that? Because like, there, I, I saw a bunch of hype about like, oh, the, the number of shares matter to your market cap. And I assumed that like every time somebody makes a new share, you get 5% of that. But I know you also get 5% of the secondaries. Um, so yeah, do you know how that works? Yeah, so so number of shares is like, and keep in mind, none of this is actually done with tokens, right? It's just like one, like a variable sitting in, every, every piece of this is sitting on one smart contract. So it's not like there actually is like a uni LP pool or anything like that. It, it's like a pretty pretty bare bones implementation. Uh, very gas efficient. Um, not that it matters because it's on base and everything is super cheap there. Um, so, uh, so basically, here's the way it works. Um, when you join, you mint the first share of yourself, right? And then the next share of yourself, let's say it costs $1, right? Someone comes in and buys that share. And now there are two shares in circulation. Um, and then someone else comes in and buys another share and now there are three in circulation. They pay a little bit more for that third share, right? Uh, the price to mint the or to buy the incremental share uh, is fully determined by how many shares are, are in circulation. So everybody's share price at a certain number of shares outstanding uh, is the same, right? Uh, so if you have two shares outstanding and Suzu has two shares outstanding, the price to buy another share of you or another share of Sue is exactly the same. Um, then the price to sell also follows that curve, right? With like a huge amount of slippage. I mean, the slippage is wild. Like, 
the buy price and the sell price are are not the same, even even taking into account like the the ten percent difference in in you know five percent that goes to the creator, five percent goes to you. So um, so the the way it works is basically it's just like how many shares are outstanding that determines the the buy price and the sell price, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you buy the first share of you to make your profile, and then I buy the next share of you, um, and then we wait or whatever, when I sell that um the next person can come in and buy the next share of you um for the same price that i initially paid so the price per share is entirely determined by how many shares are are in circulation like how many have been bought that haven't also been sold okay in the is there like a max cap on shares in circulation or anything like that uh, I mean, it, eventually, theoretically, the share price will be so high that, it, like, theoretically, there isn't enough ether in existence <laughs> to to buy it. But that's it. That's the cap, right? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, in practice, it's just about like how much is someone willing to pay, right? So basically, if you're trying to like be a good friend and buy your friend's shares, you want to be pretty early to that because it'll be way cheaper. So if your friend's like, yo, I just joined, buy my shares, you want to be the first one because it'll cost like 0.000001 ETH, which is like less than a dollar. But if you're like the sixth friend, it'll cost you like 10, 20 bucks. And then if you're the seventh friend, it like goes up to like $30 and then like 50, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, So that's kind of the idea is like, the number of shares that have been bought determines how expensive the next one is to buy and how much you can get if you're the next person to sell. Um, so what and these if are not only... transferable, right? It's like, mm-hmm. well, so like, what if only, cause I saw people selling my shares, right? So like, how are they selling those shares? Uh, they would have to have bought them and then sold. Right. But like, you just said they're non-transferable, right? Yeah. So whoever sells your share has to have already bought one. Okay. I'm just confused as to like why if you're coming in, if I'm coming in, right, only one share of you has been created. Like why can't that one single share just keep getting traded and circulated on the secondary rather than uh, more shares being created? So there, there is no secondary. You have to think of it like an inventory, like like a ledger, right? Um, so we have for, let's say for you, right? Um, you have a, a portfolio, right? And for each friend, you have a certain number of shares that you've bought, right? Yeah. Um, so you bought, say, one share of me, uh, one share of, who should it be? Our friend Alex Katz, um, like one share of, of Vitalik, right? Um, and so you have this kind of like tally of like, I have one of each of these things. When you go in to buy that one of each of those things. So when you go to buy the Vitalik chair, uh, you send your ETH to the contract. This one central contract holds all, all of the ETH for all of the shares. Right. And, uh, and then it increments your counter by one. That's it. Right. Uh, and it increments their total shares outstanding to one by, by one as well. Right. Um, when you go to sell that share, you decrease your counter by one. So you go to zero okay. shares of Vitalik. You get yeah, a yeah. little bit, of, you get you get ETH back from the contract. Um, and then Vitalik's total number of shares decreases. 
Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically an LP with a non-fixed supply in like, it literally just is a counter. It's literally just a counter. Yeah. It's a bunch of counters, right? It's like an X, yeah. Y, Y. You could think of it as like a, as like a matrix, right? Of like, yeah, each yeah. column is a, is a wallet and then each row is a wallet and that, you know, the row comma column gives you the number of shares that this person owns of that person. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. What uh, what have you been doing on this this thing so far outside of... <laughs> I, mean, uh... I, I think we should talk a little bit about the UX because it's actually, it's pretty different to any crypto product that I've ever used, right? So um, so when you download it, you go to the link and it's called friend.tech, right? And it says, hey, if you want to open this, uh, first, if you do it on a desktop, it says you got to do it on mobile. Um, mm -hmm. And then when you go on mobile, it says you actually need to add this to your home screen on Safari. Um, and so you, you open it up in Safari, it's like click share, click send to home screen. And then what that does, interestingly, is it creates like a little bit of like memory um, on your phone somewhere that's used to hold some variables, including your private key, right? Um, mm. And so like that's sort of how it keeps track of like, how, you know, who you're signed in on and all of that. Um, and, uh, and so I thought that was really interesting because this is the first time that I've ever seen an app where the only way it would work is it's not it's not like a full-on app right because the app store would probably block it yeah. um it's a snippet almost right it, it's like a safari page that you need to save to your home screen first so it can have a little bit of local storage i didn't even know that was possible um i, I that's the first time i've ever saved a uh, web page to my home screen and i was like wow this is super cool actually um it's super okay, interesting then, because when they rolled this feature out, it was like way back in the day, I think it might have predated the App Store. Uh, and the idea was mm. it was supposed to be like easier than using a bookmarks bar. And it was supposed to feel like you had an app or it might have been early days of the App Store. So it was supposed to feel like you had an app, but really it was just a shortcut to a website on Safari. Okay. So then what else does that um uh, like whatever semi quasi app like what else does it entail like it basically what it generates a seed phrase for you creates the private key and then it has the public key pair that you send some funds to like what else what else is the like advantage or like capability of doing that um it's it's interesting right it, so it gives you this feeling of like you have an icon on your home screen it, it feels like an app right it feels like a native app that uses crypto but it doesn't have the like there there are two things here right uh or i guess there's really one thing which is if you opened up the same app in safari or chrome or brave on your phone um it's a huge pain in the ass to link that to your wallet Right, you basically have to use an in-wallet browser, which are well, that's a pretty innovative thing actually, which is cool. But um, if you're like me and you're just used to like clicking connect wallet on your desktop, and then you try to like hit the same, go through the same workflow on your phone, it almost never works. Right, like even on normal like good apps like Uniswap, if you're trying to use them with a normal wallet like MetaMask, and you're doing it on mobile, like it just doesn't work very well. 
like there are times that uh, I was trying to buy a hamster token uh, and it wasn't working because I because I was just on mobile. Um, and so this is really interesting because you have to trust them with your private key. Like they generated that private key and they probably have a copy of it somewhere in case you lose yours. Um, but the benefit that you get is you don't have to fuck around with connecting a wallet, right? And inserting a seed phrase and all that. Um, and that's a little bit how Unibot works as well, right? It's basically yeah. the same thing. It's like, yeah. you have this user interface where you don't worry about the wallet. You trust like, n- n- you know, anybody out there, like nobody really knows who's running these things, right? Um, like allegedly friend.tech is pancakes bra. Who's like a fun crypto Twitter personality. Uh, oh, I thought it was Racer. Is Racer the creator uh, of it? I, I thought Racer was the creator. Pegasus Pro has it in his bio. I don't know. Uh, I never really followed Racer until now, so I'm not sure. Yeah, same. Uh, uh, and so, um, anyway, like, that's one interesting piece of like the user experience, which is just that, like, well, okay, it's on base. And if you're just using it to kind of mess around and play with, you don't need to send that much money, right? Like maybe in total, if you want to follow, you know, if you want to follow like a couple dozen friends, you know, depending on how many how many followers they have, or if you want to buy shares of a couple dozen friends, depending on how many shares they have out, outstanding, it could cost you less than, you know, 50 to 100 bucks, right? So you can risk like kind of sending your, your ether to base to do it there. And because gas fees are so low, it's not like you have to keep like a lot of buffer ETH to like pay the gas, right? So this sort of thing is like really only possible with a high quality user experience on something like base on an L2 mm-hmm. where you have those like very low transaction fees. So you have to sit there worrying about having like 0.1 ETH, you know, just in case you need to pay gas and gas is spiking. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think like... Uh, I think this is like a really interesting experiment in crypto user interface. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, okay. So I think there's a few things here is like, one is like, nobody actually wants to deal with wallets. This is the biggest takeaway of the last couple of months for me. It's like, everybody hates wallets. Telegram is much better. Even a Safari, like a weird quasi web app mobile app thing is much better nobody cares about where their private key is like everybody's just treating this stuff as a hot wallet like if you actually care about your funds put them in a in cold storage or just yeah some kind of better custody solution and then like if you want to gamble which is the only thing to do on chain right now uh like use this kind of stuff um what uh i guess like since we're already here like big picture you think this changes like not just this but like whatever's happening the last few months you think it changes like the future of how people deal with uh crypto apps and like do you think this is kind of how things go more mainstream that's a good question right um so i think that there's room in the world for like a business out there that provides sort of like custodial signing services Right. Um, so think of like almost like Firebox, right? Where Firebox, you can calibrate it so that it works correctly with Uniswap and Aave, right? Uh, if you think about like, if you think about centralized exchanges, right? It's a good user experience. You trust people that are like already like the best in the business when it comes to like custody solutions and, you know, security, private key management, and all that, right? You're trusting people that are already very good at that. 
Um, the problem with centralized exchanges is you can't do all the fun stuff. You can't go gambling. You can't buy and sell NFTs, I guess, maybe on, a, on Coinbase Marketplace. But I'm pretty sure you still have to send your funds off exchange to do it. Um, and, uh, and you can't do this like fun experimental stuff, right? Um, and, you know, if you want to gamble on hamster racing, like, why should you have to worry about setting up a wallet to do it, right? Uh, maybe there's room in the world to have like an app where you go in and you use three-factor authentication or whatever to enable and disable interactions with certain smart contracts. So you say, look, you can use the Uni V3 router, uh, but you can't send my assets to anything but that router, right? That would be like one relatively safe sort of like middle ground. In exchange, I will trust you to handle my private keys, right? Um, and maybe you do this all through account abstraction or something, right? Um, and as a result, you can have kind of like the custodial experience, but with the ability to interact with things on chain other than just like the assets that are listed by the centralized exchange. Yeah. Yeah, I do think there's a lot there. I think also, uh, yeah, I think maybe we should do a deep dive on like account abstraction and like uh, smart contract wallets um, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. yeah, I do think that the world is moving away from, uh, MetaMask, go to a browser, you know, connect, sign, all this kind of stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. That aside. Um, all right. So how are you like playing with this? Like, what are you doing? What are you excited about? Um, so one thing that got me was yesterday, I was like FOMOing pretty hard, right? Because it was difficult to get a, a sign-on code. I think now it's easier, right? Um, because you have these like referral links effectively. And then when you refer people, depending on how much activity they generate, that that sort of uh, gets you points for the upcoming mm -hmm. airdrop, which is like a week from today, right? Mm -hmm. um, oh, so they announced it? the referral mechanism is... Uh, it says first the first airdrop is the 18th. Yeah. Oh, uh, it like says the it in the points, um, points airdrop. Oh yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. So no, not, not the token. Uh, yeah, that's probably that's probably what it is. It's the points airdrop. Yeah. 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 Um, so it should be getting easier to get a referral code because each one can generate ten and people are incentivized to share them. Um, but for a little while it was hard. And so I went through, obviously, everything's actually happening on chain. I went to base scan, the block scanner for base, uh, looked at the only thing that's happening there. Uh, you know, it took me two seconds to find a block with a transaction that says add shares as like the function call that it's making. And sure enough, it's like, you know, uh, friends.tech, like V1 you know, contract deployment. Uh, then it only took me a little while longer to find, uh, I wanted to buy shares of Kobe, who's obviously going to be the most expensive. Uh, and I'm like, all right, I'll just scroll through until I find an expensive looking transaction. Uh, I looked at crypto Twitter. I roughly verified the prices matched, uh, like what someone had been quoted like 30 minutes earlier. I was like, yeah, it's probably Kobe. So I went and bought two shares, all nice. through the base block explorer, uh, nice. without having like an access code. So I was pretty hyped on that. Um, th and there was some alpha there, although I don't know, it might be rugging. Who knows? It's been, we've been recording this for a half hour. Anything can happen. Um, but uh, I was kind of hyped on that because uh, it shows that like you can do whatever you want on chain, right? As long as like the contract allows it. Um, and I thought that was kind of, this is the only time that I've ever like 
created alpha from doing something like you know minting from the block explorer or whatever like i know a lot of friends like do this for like nft drops and stuff but that, that felt that felt pretty cool um nice obviously it was a huge pain in the ass because none of the wallets work with base block explorer except for coinbase wallet <laughs> um and so oh, the really? base, then i had to Coinbase wallet. then i had to put in my hot wallet seed phrase yeah a whole thing um but uh uh yeah that was kind of that was kind of fun uh then i mean eventually i got a code i minted my profile i added some friends it's kind of fun to see you know like you clearly see the direct relationship between the number of people that have like bought a share of you and the dollar value per share um mm -hmm. which is like pretty wild and dystopian right um yes. it's like twitter if followers were in dollar signs um yeah it's super interesting uh but i think like well i i think that it shows the power of like gambling by default right it, it, it's a really cool concept of like everyone that joins is immediately uh issued like some kind of speculative value right um and then that value can change depending on where people feel like speculating on them so it's like yeah you know the fact that everybody who joins is essentially you know launching another meme coin i think is really really cool so i think that's one thing that they got really right here is that they really nailed what people want to do on chain right now mm -hmm. um the other thing that I think they got really right here is the referral code system. So they make you want to use this. This is not like Lens, right? Where it's like, you might really want to use it, but they're gatekeeping it heavily. This is yeah. like, they make you want to use it through the like gambling FOMO, through the like referral code FOMO, but then they make it relatively accessible. Um, and if you're like having trouble getting a code, you can just go to Twitter, search for friends.tech go to latest mm -hmm. and like somebody will be posting something eventually. Right. Yeah. People um, want their codes out there. They want to get the airdrop. So yeah, it's, it's done very yeah. well. Like somebody was talking about this. They're like, there's more innovation to be had in social technology than there is in just like hard kind of infrastructure. Um, because this is what crypto is, you know, it's a social sphere. Like if you can get people talking or doing kind of the same thing, it creates a lot more excitement and frankly users uh, than just like building new tech. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, as always, it's an attention economy, right? Um, but right now you have to, you have to change your strategy away from what it was two years ago. Right. Like right now, like is the perfect time for a social app to take off because everyone sort of vaguely knows someone within each community. Right. Like it's a yeah. much smaller world than it was two years ago. And so mm -hmm. a social app can actually take off now, whereas like before you might have needed like ad space in like large podcasts or, you know, on Coindesk.com or whatever. Like these days, like everyone that's still around is basically on Twitter and they're talking to each other constantly about it and they're all in Telegram group chats. Um, and so I, I think they really understood the social fabric of the user base, um, which is, yeah. is very powerful. Um, okay. I, I don't know. I also think like, uh, I think now is the time to launch out of pocket shit, right? I think that's one other thing to take away, which is like, look, mm -hmm. man, we were gambling on fucking hamster racing three weeks ago. Yes. Right. Hamsters. Yes. Um, there is like now, an now we're gambling on each other. 
Yes, exactly. I saw a meme today <laughs> that was like, <laughs> it was like a Pam from the office. And uh, it was like, corporate needs you to identify the difference between these two photos. And it was the friend tech logo and the hamster logo. And Pam's like, they're both the same photo. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, that's that's where we are. This is the state of the industry. We just want to gamble on random shit. Um, and honestly, like, it's bringing more yeah. more fun on chain. You know, everything is happening on chain. Uh, it's just way more fun. Like, I I was against the speculation casino thesis for the longest time. But it was like, in, in the end, like, this is bringing everything on chain and is bringing more people on chain. And it's like the, the domino thing, you know, it's like, yeah, gambling on other people's Twitter profile. In the end, Bitcoin dominated uh, world, you know, it's like Bitcoin becomes the world reserve. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, this is the most fun I've had in a long time, actually. Um, and my Twitter timeline is like super fun now. Everyone's talking about like silly things that they're doing where they're, I saw a guy who was like, who was DMing people. Um, he was buying up a bunch of shares and then DMing like, follow me or I'll dump all my shares. Yeah, I mean... It's fun, you know, like I think there's no possible way that this ends in any, any like outcome except a very dystopian one. Like you said, like this is just going to end badly a hundred percent, a million percent. But until then, I think we'll have a lot of laughs. Yeah, uh, I honestly, that's what we all need, right? Like, yes. I don't, I don't need more content about how CPI is impacting the price of Bitcoin. I need some fun. Yes. I need, I need something yes. to like get me up in the morning to laugh at and share with my friends. You know? Mm -hmm. Yes, the fun thesis. I can get behind the fun thesis. Um, okay, couple more <laughs> things, um, Matt. The main question: bullish. Or bearish? Uh, good question. I would I would say I'm I'm mega bullish. A lot of little components here. I'm super bullish on the like non custodial wallet that still allows for on chain interaction, right? Um, I'm super bullish. Speculative world, the speculative world hypothesis of like this is you know by far the number one use case in bulls and in bull markets and bear markets. I think speculation is like permissionless speculation is part of what crypto like enables, right? That's why we need it to be credibly neutral. That's why we need it to be trustless um, and decentralized is so that you know that like when you speculate successfully on something that it's real, right? Um, like there is money involved, right? And so the financialization and speculation on things and the just like, rash brazenness of of this particular one i love that i love to see that right um the uh and then you know i i guess like the the simplicity of it of just like yeah there's messenger but it doesn't really work but no one cares really yeah, that's not why you're here um i think like the simplicity of it is a really cool experiment in making a social app on chain that's actually ever getting any use Right. Yeah. So something like I think it was like 2000 ETH have gone through this thing already. Um, that was like as of this morning. 
that's by far the most successful decentralized social app in history. Um, and all it took was just like a little bit of tongue in cheek, like speculative mania, right? Um, I like that. I think like there's a lesson there, right? To every builder that's trying to build something in decentralized social, you could, you should take a look at this and take a look in the mirror and ask yourself if you really stand a chance of success. Uh, yeah. Like take a look at, at the history, take a look at what's working and adjust your strategy if you need to, right? Like don't be closed-minded and, you know, principles driven, whatever, be pragmatic, have a little fun, see what works, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, the fun thesis. I think that's the biggest takeaway here. The fun thesis combined with the speculation thesis. I think, like I said, I, I'm bullish in the short term, which is like maybe six days and then bearish forever. But I think that this is really <laughs> like the encapsulation of a new paradigm. Uh, like, yeah, like Unibot was phase one. And then we had a lot of more degenerate shit coming in, like the hamsters and uh, like, uh, yeah, people betting on literal porn. And then now we have all of that combined into some nice uh, betting on literal humans. Um, so, you know, I think there's many takeaways here. Like, <laughs> even if you hate this, hate the concept, like play around, get the airdrop, uh, you know, buy both of our profile shares and, uh, you know, have a little fun. Yeah. Just have a little fun. Relax. What's, yeah, what's relax. wrong with a little fun? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was fun. Actually, this is a really fun episode. Um, do you, uh, yeah. do you have any, any final thoughts? Um, yeah. Uh, so, okay. If this thing, if this thing lasts for six days, do you think it has the potential to develop an efficient market based on the, where like the number of followers dictates how many shares get purchased? Or do you think it's too short of a time period? No, I actually do think it'll go for more than six days, but I think that we'll start seeing some weird shit. Like I saw, um, like influencers buying up their own shares to pump up the price. I saw people like shilling their own shares in their like alpha group communities, whatever. Um, so we'll definitely see some shenanigans. And I think that's what will be the uh, unraveling of this app is like, uh, I think it's like the incentives, the incentive system is not quite perfect. Like uh, if there's no kind of like, if you're not getting anything back from buying shares of a human, um, aside from just speculating, like in the end, that's, you're still speculating on nothing. Uh, and so I think that's bound to end. Um, but I do I mean, think you, that you we'll see you get the right to message them, right? Like this is more, you get more utility than you get from Pepe. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people, okay, well, yeah, I mean, that's a whole different thing, but Pepe is not trying to be a utility. It's just a meme. Um, but the thing is like the, a lot of people have open DMS, you know, like they, they don't respond. Like there's no obligation that people have to respond. Uh, I think even Kobe has open DMS. Kobe's account is locked, but if you follow him, then I think you can DM him. But, um, hmm. yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, the incentive, like in the, the mechanics, they're not like perfect and it's just a little, little broken there. And I think that's what will be its undoing. But, uh, 
until then, I could definitely see some kind of efficient market developing where it's like not you'll kind of see like who are the uh, Twitter personalities that are the most highly valued. Um, our friend, not our friend, but <laughs> a person we both like to follow, Jeebus, he was like, guys, do you really think that if this thing becomes efficient, you think any of the crypto autists have any chance, let alone like trad five midwits? He's like, the people who are going to win this game are the like random social media influencer girls who are like winning on TikTok and Instagram. They're just going to blow this up and make a killing. And uh, we're all going to be left behind. So, uh, yeah, I think actually if that happens, then I can see this thing really taking off. Um, if it's just it's like a crypto autist circle jerk, then I think it will become like a few people will rise to the top. There will be some really ugly like pump and dump kind of stuff. People will start shitting on each other on Twitter and then it'll all just go to shit and then they'll do the airdrop and then it'll really just end. Um if somehow this becomes like a mainstream thing where a bunch of like Instagram girls, TikTok girls start picking it up and making money on it, then it could really, really blow up. Yeah. Um, the the one challenge is like, you'd really like to get credit card payment if you could. Yeah. Right. Like you yeah. want MoonPay integration if you're going to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's already basically a custodial wallet anyway. Like it feels like it should be pretty, pretty doable. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, if this crosses the chasm outside of crypto, that would be nuts. I mean, this thing will yeah. blow up like crazy. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's all the best parts of Web2. It's super fast, super cheap transaction fees because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's like pretty centralized, right? It's not, it's non-custodial wallets, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, custodial wallets. Like yeah, yeah. it's everything. It's it's just like one little step removed from Web2, which is that it still shows up on a block explorer somewhere. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine the level of anger that will come out of mainstream media if this thing really blows up? And like people are literally gambling on Twitter accounts. I just, I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Wow. All that right. was good. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. this has been our we deep dive. We should link it to TikTok accounts. Hmm. Hmm. Then it'll be like we're exploiting 13-year-olds or something. Oh, man. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I'll cut uh, that one already. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We're leaving it in. All right. <laughs> this has been our deep dive on friend tech, friend.tech. Uh, you can find us there. You can DM us there. And uh, see you on Chain. It's on Chain Summer, baby. We'll be back later in the week, and until next time, stay decent. Uh, None of this was financial advice, legal advice, investment advice, or any other kind of advice. Uh, If you're looking for advice, you are definitely in the wrong place. Uh, Until next time, stay decent.